the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we're going to hear part two of this message called Spirit-Filled Speech in this series on the Spirit-Filled Life as he dives into the matter of spiritual gifts, prophecy, and even speaking in tongues. Something that has definitely seen abuses, but Pastor Sean will be quick to encourage you that those abuses do not invalidate the gifts or their role in your private life. God's gifts are good. Are you ready to receive? Then let's do this. It's time for Radio for Real Life. Prophecy simply means proclaiming, declaring the truth of God under the inspiration of his spirit. So demystify that a little bit and understand. Paul is saying, I want everyone to do that. He, I, I would, I'd like you all to speak in tongues, but rather that you prophesy because of the building up of the body. And that's one of the overarching principles there. This speaks to the purpose of spiritual gifts, building up the body, God's work, redeeming the world, spreading the kingdom of God. That's the bigger picture. That's a, when you're saying, okay, I, I've got to think beyond me and my own edification. Not that it's bad for me to focus on being edified, but there's something bigger. And so I think I want, I think what we need to hear is this bigger overarching idea in how we approach. I'm not going to give you a simple kind of how-to this morning. Sorry. I hope you're not disappointed. Okay? I'm not going to give you a neat little present wrapped up with a bow, all perfect. Okay? Some people want me to give them that. They'd rather I just, you know, tell them what to believe. I'm going to point you to the scriptures. But what I want to give you, I think, is an approach And that's this. Here's the main point. I want you to write this down. Spirit-filled believers should desire every spiritual gift that God desires to give. Spirit-filled believers, every one of us, should desire every spiritual gift that God desires to give. And I know it's not some formula or some neat thing that you can take and go, okay, here's, I don't have to think about this anymore. But I want to suggest we are supposed to desire spiritual gifts. And because of different things in our past, many of us have cut certain things out of that circle that I don't think God intended us to cut out of the circle. Spirit-filled believers should desire every spiritual gift that God desires to give. In fact, at the end of Romans 12, remember what he said? Earnestly desire, Romans 12, 31, earnestly desire the higher gifts. And then in verse 1 of chapter 14, he just finished talking about love. He says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire. Now, interesting note. Do you notice that we're not told to pursue the spiritual gifts? We're told to pursue love. But we're told to desire the spiritual gifts. Those are different words, and he's very deliberate about them. Twice he says desire spiritual gifts. He never says pursue. But when it comes to love, he says pursue love. Boy, this is such a great guideline. I, I want to suggest if we would have understood this in some of the circles that I, I was raised in and some of our, even our churches today, if we understood that we're ne- we were never supposed to pursue certain gifts and pursue, we're, we're supposed to pursue love. But we are supposed to desire, make room for, 
be receptive of spiritual gifts. And the problem is when you get that backwards and you start pursuing and making it all about the spiritual gifts, you create a problem. And that's why so many people live on the edges of extremes when it comes to these topics. We either ignore them completely and say, oh, I don't want to go down that road, or we obsess and organize our whole life around them and live in great imbalance. Now, I want to give you a few points from just this discussion that I think will be helpful as we move on. Number one, don't let the misuse of some keep you from walking in the gifts that God has for you. Don't let the misuse of some, don't let the abuses of some, the excesses of some, keep you from walking in the gifts that God has for you. See, if, if we did that, and, and that's where a lot of us have lived for a number of years, okay? Probably myself included, okay? This is probably more for the preacher. You guys are just listening in right now, but sorry, but, you know. But, I mean, think about that. If, if, you, if we did that with our Christian faith, if we let the excesses, abuses, and misuse of some, we'd have to walk away from our whole faith. Because anytime you bring up the Christmas, uh, Christian faith to some people, they'll say, well, what about the Crusades? Which, by the way, I don't think that was the real people of faith who, who were behind that. I think that was political leaders trying to use the faith as a kind of covering for getting people, manipulating people into doing what they wanted to do. Okay, I don't think that was true followers of Christ doing that. It was people wanting to use that to manipulate. Yeah, but what about what Hitler did? And they had a whole church that supported Hitler and da-da-da. Yeah, that, that state church. I don't think those were true followers of Jesus that were doing that. In fact, true followers of Jesus like Bonhoeffer and others were martyred during that time. Um, No, I think that was political leaders trying to wrap uh, a really dark agenda in spiritual guise to sell it to nominal and unsuspecting people. So if we, want to take those, if we want to take the approach of, well, since there have been abuses, I'm just going to avoid it, we'd have to walk away from our faith. I want to suggest that is a big mistake. Don't let the misuse of some keep you from walking in the gifts God has for you. In fact, I want to stop avoiding the messy ones. I want to stop avoiding the messy ones. And, and we do. Because, you know, there are some of these gifts that it's like, man, Lord, why did you have to do it this way? Why didn't you just come out and give us three easy steps? That would really be nice. I want to stop avoiding the gifts that are a little uncomfortable for me to approach. Because I think we must be willing to do whatever he desires to walk in the gifts that he wants to give. I really think we must. And, and there, I think there's a couple things that keep us. And it, this, this is something that came to me while I was talking to my small group. We have some great conversations about this. And I realize we teachers, it starts with we teachers, but we end up with all of us, I think, caught in this position. You know, and here's a guy. He's kind of grim because he doesn't know what to do, okay? He's a little grim. Okay, got these two areas, these two spheres, and I'm going to call this one fear and this one comfort. Can you see that? We got that on camera. You got to see, see that little guy. And, and what these do, they create chains. Okay? They create chains. And those chains, what they do is they keep us in our, our lanes. And this is very literal for, for me as a Bible teacher. 
Okay, and I'll just let you inside. You know, we, we, grow, we grow up in ministries, we get, go to training, we go to schools, and we learn certain things. And we have our certain things, and we are very much afraid to step outside of these boundaries that we, we, we're talking about. It's a scary thing, because we're told, outside of our... And, and by the way, these boundaries, I'll, I'll call them that, that fear and comfort hold us in the middle. I'll call them, them doctrinal boundaries. Okay? And by the way, doctrine in and of itself, if it's... If it's from the scripture, if it's rooted in scripture, if it's biblical, it's a good thing. But at times, in certain traditions, we can have reactions to things that cause us to kind of build some additional supportive structures to this doctrine. And so we're taught certain things, and fear keeps us and say, we don't want to step outside because outside, you know, is those are those people who aren't full gospel. Or those are those people who are extra gospel, or whatever you want to call them. In fact, in our community group, it was awesome because I got a, we've got some pretty good biblically literate folks in our group, and a couple of the guys from different traditions. One was kind of a, a, a non-spiritual gifts, and we were talking about the supernatural, and the other was a very serious spiritual gifts, supernatural kind of tradition. And they started going at it. They're both pretty biblically literate, and I'm just kind of like, there, I'm with popcorn. It's good. Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he just said? What are you going to take that? I'm a good group leader. I kind of stir it up. <laughs> but what, it, what we were all seeing is we were seeing our chains and our lanes. Fear is one of those things. And I'm telling you, as a teacher, there's that sense of, and, it, and it's rooted. It's, it's good. We're responsible for what we teach. We want to we stay, we want to be in the right place. But we have these things that are taught to us, and we don't even stop sometimes and say, wait a minute, is that really what the Scripture teaches? Because that's what we're talking about. This is the boundary. You want to know the boundaries? Here it is. But fear, on one side, keeps us kind of saying, oh, no, I can't go there. And comfort. Because I have to tell you, um, there are some of these things that make people uncomfortable. There are some of these things that make me uncomfortable. And we better just recognize that and understand that. And so these two chains kind of keep us right here. And God says, um, I don't, I'm not stuck in your lane. <laughs> I'm bigger than that. My word is bigger than that. What my spirit wants to do is bigger than that. Don't let comfort and fear keep you from walking in the gifts that God has for you. If it's biblical, you should take it seriously. You should consider it. Spirit-filled believers should desire every spiritual gift that God desires to give. Second point I want you to think about, what if the, gifts of tongues is, what if the gift of tongues is a unique opportunity to practice spiritual submission? Now, some of you right now are going, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't make a point, and it, it, you can't have a question and make it be a point. That's not fair. We want you to tell us what, the, what, what it is. And there are some people who, they, 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 don't, they don't like that. They don't like a question. I want to say it's absolutely fine for me to have a question be the point. Because this is a question. Because as I've been praying about this, I understand the challenges, but yet the word is so clear. I'm like, Lord, why? And I want to suggest that there's a key in the difficulty in surrendering the tongue. I think that's why, and I'm not, I'm not in any way justifying anything here. I, I think that's why some of the people did the see my tie thing. It's like trying to, okay, get you to stop worrying about what you're doing with your tongue and just 
let it go or whatever. And I'm not justifying, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying there is something about surrendering the tongue. Remember what James wrote in James 3, beginning of verse 2? He said, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. That's a big sentence. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at ships. They're so large and driven by strong winds, they're guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. What if tongues is God's way of causing us to surrender and tame the tongue to the power of His Spirit? And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called Spirit-Filled Speech in the series The Spirit-Filled Life. You can find this entire series on the website reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to the message, Spirit-Filled Speech. This is radio for real life. I mean, really, I I have to be honest with you um, right now, because I've been lying up to this point. But I've always wondered when speakers say that, it's like, okay, you've been lying to me before? No, I'm not lying to you. But I want to be very candid in my own own journey here. Um, I was filled with the spirit at a young age, and I did experience the gift of tongues. And I've prayed in a prayer language. And I've always struggled with that. Okay, and it's not my spirit that is struggled. My spirit actually is very much edified. It's my mind that has the problem. And let me tell you, those times when I have spoken what I consider in a prayer language, it's been times when I've prayed and I've almost like I've run out of words. I've covered the subject, but there's more. Okay, it's like you're done, but you're not done. And so you keep and you just let the spirit begin to pray. And what happens instantly when that, in that experience for me is my mind kicks in. And my mind starts going, oh, no, come on, come on, oh, no, no, please, seriously. Okay, that doesn't mean anything. And that's what Paul was saying. He says, my mind is unfruitful. 
And the hardest part is it's actually a little bit, um, I'm by myself. I'm praying to the Lord, me and the Lord. And it's, there's this point of, is, is it a little embarrassing? Because I don't like the idea of surrendering my tongue like that. It's humbling. Embarrassing isn't the right word. It's, it's humbling. And even as I say it, I realize that must make it a good thing. Because whatever is humbling, I know is good for my spirit, my character, and my discipleship. And here's the thing, as I prayed about this, and I, I just sensed the Lord nudging me. Um, and again, I'm submitting this to you for your consideration. But this issue of surrendering the tongue. Because my question was, why tongues, God? Why that? It just, it's so cumbersome, and people are divided over it. Why this? And the thing that came to mind is that James 4 passage, James 3 passage about surrendering the tongue. See, if I can surrender my tongue to the Spirit in prayer, maybe I can surrender my tongue to the Spirit when I'm in an argument. Because that's hard for me. I know you guys got it covered, but for me, that's a challenge. Maybe I can surrender my body to the Spirit in times of temptation. If I can learn to just let go and let the Spirit pray through me in a language that doesn't make sense to me because I don't understand it. You know, in groanings, inutterable, whatever you want to call them. Maybe I can surrender my body to spirit in times of temptation. Maybe I can learn to surrender my pride for the good of the kingdom. Because God has, by his spirit, began to work on teaching me to surrender my tongue in a prayer language. I submit that to you to think about. But I do know we should desire every spiritual gift that God desires to give. We've got to stop saying no. We've got to stop putting these boundaries. Say, here's the box, God. You stay here because everything else, this is uncomfortable. Remember this weird one. And remember this abuse. And remember that article about this. Yeah, stop it. You can't sit and say, God, I want everything. I want it all. I want all of you, God. And then say, except for this, 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 and this. Because this I'm afraid of and this I'm uncomfortable. God, it's fine, but just Stay within the chains and the lanes, and I'll be good. Last thing I'll wrap with this, and this is so important because Paul brought this up many times. He said, while the use of spiritual gifts is good for me, the focus is on what God wants to do through me. While the use of spiritual gifts is good for me, the focus is on what God wants to do through me. See, that's why prophecy is highlighted over tongues. That's why he gives, lists these benefits and says this prayer language, it's a good thing. It's good for you. I would that you all do it. I do it more than all of you. But in that corporate gathering, that group when you're together, I'd rather that you speak the truth of God under the moving and the impulse of his spirit. Because of the edification, the building up of one another, the building up of the body. Speaking God's truth. See, the big message of 1 Corinthians 14 is this. Let God use you in the gift of prophecy, proclaiming the truth as he leads you. That's what he's ultimately wanting to say. He's saying, you guys are focusing too much. on your, You've got an imbalance. He says, I want you to experience this. And so I say to us, River City, we better not say, oh, no, God, I, I'm not interested. Because fundamentally, when you start saying, God, I'm not interested, 
You now are limiting the power of God. You are limiting what he can do. You're not letting the scripture be the limit. You're not letting his spirit be the limit. You've decided to let the chains and the lanes be the limit. And we got to stop. If we say we want the full deal, we want the power of your spirit, God. We want the kingdom to be advanced. We want the world to see a church that is truly the church. That the gates of hell can't prevail against them. we got to stop saying no. But the big overarching theme is that one of the things I want you to do is I want you to begin to speak my truth under the inspiration of my spirit. See, I think we understand that discipleship, right? The core of discipleship, I've said it to you a lot, okay? The core of discipleship is listen for God's voice and do what he says. You do that and you'll be good to go. Listen for God's voice and do what he says. Well, Paul is telling us, listen for God's voice and say what he says. That's why he wants this thing of prophecy is a big deal. So I want to encourage you. Are you willing to be that person who, when you sense the Spirit nudging you, that will speak up? Because we live in a culture that has told us, particularly in our areas of faith, to shut up. Are you willing to say, yeah, but if I feel God's nudging me, I'm going to speak what he says? Whether it be to a person, whether it be that group of people I'm talking to, the conversation, I sense God speaking. I'm going to say what he wants me to say. And you're like, oh, I can't, I can't, the gift of prophecy, are you kidding me, really? I can't operate in this. I mean, I don't even have any camel hair clothes. What am I going to do? I don't have anything to wear. I mean, really, we think in terms of, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to come in angry, yell at people, and then leave, and have them talk about me behind my back, like they did John the Baptist. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's what Paul's saying. I don't think that's what he's talking about. I want to challenge us. Um, If you will begin to ask God, Lord, I want you to speak to me, and then I'll be obedient, and I'll share what you want me to share. If you'll do that in love, in other words, my motive is love, love for Father, love for whoever I'm talking to. And two, if you'll do it in humility. One of the biggest problems is we haven't done it in love and humility. When we've done it in anger and in arrogance, of course it's going to be a problem. But if we will do it in love... I care about you. I, I, I want what's best for you. God, I, I, God loves you and wants what's best for you. And I will do it in humility. I'm not the end all. I'm not perfect. And the way you do that, it's very simple. You're praying for someone. God lays a message on their heart, on your heart for them. You know, Fred, God's laid a message on my heart for you. And, and you tell them. And just say, brother, this is what I think he's asked me to share with you. And then you leave it with them. Okay, then it's up to Fred and it's up to the Lord. I submit that to you, and you pray about it and do what you think. See, the problem is we go, but I just gave a word from the Lord, therefore it is binding on you, and I will keep up with you, and I will watch to make sure you do what me and the Lord told you to. You were like one kid, you send one brother or sister to go tell the other to do something. They love that, right? Well, that's what we do, and, and that is not the spirit. That's not how we're supposed to do it. What if you just said, you know, to whether a group, at, while we're sitting here talking, you know, I'm praying about something, I feel like the Lord's nudging me on something, I'll share this with you for your consideration. Can you, can you do that? I think this is something the Lord is saying. Without claiming to be infallible, without claiming to be perfect, without claiming that they now must obey you. Because it's not you anyway, right? It's not about you. Imagine if we all began to say, because I'm telling you, it takes an entire chapter to say, I want you to operate in this gift. I want you to be faithful in this. Are we willing to consider, okay, in a world desperately in need of God's truth, that he might want to speak that to some of us once in a while? 
and that we should be obedient and, sh- and share it? If we do it in humility and love, I think it'll be perceived as the gift that it's supposed to be. And even if it's not, that responsibility lies with them. You know, God even told the apostle uh, or the prophet Ezekiel, he told him, if, um, if, you, if I give you a word and you tell them and they don't turn, the judgment's going to be on them. He says, but I give you a word and you don't tell them and they don't turn, the judgment's going to be on you, buddy. So we, we be obedient, then we're not responsible for outcomes. We're responsible for obedience. I guess my conclusion is, are we willing? Are we willing? Because I'm afraid we've created so many things, and because of abuses, we said, oh, no, God, oh, no, God. And like I said, I don't, I don't know when the last time I've unpacked this passage of Scripture for this congregation. I mean, you may have never heard a teaching on that, for me or anyone else. I just want to say we need to not avoid Scriptures because some people got a little goofy with them. Okay? Because most of the Bible, there's somebody who got goofy with it, right? That's, that's not supposed to be our criteria. God spoke it. we got to deal with it. My question is, are you willing? Are you willing to be open to the Spirit? What about this area of prayer language? Is that something you'd be open if God wanted to do that with you? How about being obedient to the Spirit? Could he use you to bring a message to someone? A prophecy? A word of the Lord? Would you be open to what God says? When are you going to stop and just say, no, God, no? Because that's the point when we begin to cease to experience the power of God. That's the point when we miss out on the supernatural on the moving of the Spirit. Say no to comfort and fear. Say no to the chains and the lanes. And let's let God's Word and His Spirit lead us. Because I think He wants to do some amazing things if we'll be responsive. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You have been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called Spirit-Filled Speech, it's available right now on demand when you find the sermon series on the Spirit-Filled Life at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.